1: Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we're going to feature an interview with Miss Kim Russo, who's known as the happy medium. Miss Russo is an author. She's star of her own show on Lifetime Movie Network called A Haunting. And if you watch the show the way I watch the show with a pink blanket on mute, sitting there afraid to be scared. Okay, I guess I'm the only one who watches her show that way. But anyway... It's a well-done show. The book is well-written, and we're really excited to have her because she's going to answer a lot of questions about spirits, afterlife, and give us a quick one-on-one review of what to do if you encounter a ghost and basically how to improve your connection with spirits who have departed in a very peaceful-like manner. So let us begin tonight's program with Miss Kim Russo, the happy medium. Joining us today is Miss Kim Russo
0: psychic medium, and author of the new book, The Happy Medium. We can learn more about Ms. Russo by going to her website at com. Ms. Russo, welcome to the program, and we'd like to know right away, why are you the happy medium? Are you actually happy when you wake up first thing in the morning, <laughs> or do you actually need coffee to become a transform into the happy okay, medium?
2: Okay, so that's a great question. Uh, first off, I do need coffee, but not to become happy, but just to open my eyes, Uh, That's number one. But number two, yeah, that's a misconception. I'm not happy all the time. I don't know anybody that is. Uh, But that refers to finding the balance in your life. You know, that that phrase when people say, ah, yeah, you just can't find a happy medium. And (laughs) somebody said that once, and I said, yes, you can. She's right here. And it's stuck, but then it really does connect to having balance. I I try to live like that. Uh, Too much extreme of anything is no good. And, um, also being you know the go-between between the two worlds but that's never really an easy thing so i have to have boundaries and, and and balance there you go with that word again there's a lot of balance necessary in the work that i do but that's what that's know, about that's what that name is
0: right now what how did you discover you had psychic abilities and how would you say that your psychic abilities are different than others
2: So as a child, I uh, did not know I had psychic abilities. I just knew that there was this group of people standing at the foot of my bed every night, same group, men and women staring a hole right through me, burning right through me, never gave me any type of gesture of a smile or any indication that they came in peace and love. Uh, And so I was terrified growing up as a child. And then this group of people started to uh, follow me when I moved out of that home. Same group followed me. And then after a while, believe it or not, I was a normal teenager and everything went away. And I never thought much about my childhood with the ghosts. I just thought maybe I was imagining all of this because my sister never saw what I saw and she shared a bedroom with me. So fast forward so many years later, after I raised my children, got married and had family, in my late twenties, uh, it's as if someone turned a water faucet on and I was the faucet and spirit just started yelling at me. Like they came back, but not with just austere stares. They just, they came back with volume now. Now they had sound and it was tell my loved one I'm okay. And they were shouting their names at me. And I thought I was going stir crazy. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, but a lot of things happened in between where uh, a mentor showed up when I wasn't expecting her to show up to teach me about this world. Uh, I denied my gift for a long time because of my religious background. Uh, I struggled with, with uh, being a Christian. And, you know, the Bible says you don't you do not do this. You don't touch anything to do with the dead or speak to the dead or psychics or soothsayers and we're evil and all of that stuff. And you know what happens when you, grow, you go to Catholic school? You, you believe all this stuff. And so you start to think that maybe, you know, there's something wrong and that the devil's trying to get your soul. And basically, I had to find my own truth. And, and I, there were a lot of twists and turns along the way to get me to come to embrace this as abilities, uh, which I've la- sure. later found out that we all have psychic abilities.
0: What was the pivotal moment? for you to finally embrace your abilities and to know that what you believed in was no longer evil? Like, What was that moment where you decided that, okay, whatever the church is teaching me, that does not carry as much weight as what I truly feel,
2: Uh, what I truly believe? It's the moment a friend led me to an ex-priest who is uh, turned medium or turned psychic. And she knew that I was struggling with this this religious issue, and she said, we need to go see this man because he will know the answer to your question. So he was giving readings, and I, I was quite young at the time. He, he would never guess at that time that I was a medium, and I was already doing readings. But, again, half-heartedly, not knowing, and mostly because I'm a curious type of person, and I just wanted to know that is this stuff really going to work every time I attempt it? And sure enough, it did. But I still, at that point, I needed to know that what I was doing was not against God. So I go to see this priest. This is all in the book. I won't give away too much. Uh, the man knew every single thing about me without me saying a word or even looking his way. And he told me that he has the gift of knowledge, and that was his gift. And I didn't really know what that meant, but he said that uh, I, he knew that I was denying a gift that God had given me. And that it was my mission, that I needed to do this as, a, as a, my life's purpose. And I had a poker face and I said, gee, I, I really, can you be more specific as to what this gift is? And he just laid it on me. He was 100% accurate. I nearly fell off my chair. And the bottom line was, leaving his home at that, that time, he started quoting me scri- scriptures from the Bible that referred to the fact that we will have greater gifts than jesus ever had and and uh because if we if we believe in the the christ consciousness which is equal to love nothing more nothing less then all of the gifts will be bestowed upon you and then he said to me something that was so simplistic but it changed my life he said if you walk uh people are walking away from your readings with peace in their heart and they're able to sleep at night do you think that's from any source of evil I said, absolutely not, and that is what people are telling me verbatim, that they're finally able to sleep after hearing their message from their loved one. He said, then, my dear, you were doing God's work, and honestly, it just struck a chord in my heart, and I never turned back.
0: Uh, that's, that's real great, and one of the things I've read about you is that there are some psychic mediums that are going to facilitate only positive and happy messages, that there's only Positive messages coming in. There's only happy spirits, but apparently you facilitate messages from unhappy spirits and messages that are not so flattering. Can you please explain uh, how you do that? Why that happens? And if you have ever, ever had any profound experiences where a person walked in to see you and they thought everything was great, and their beloved uh, family member told them, "Hey, listen, you got to get your stuff together."
2: Oh, many many messages came came across like that. I tell people don't come in expecting what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need to hear because I have no idea what the person needs or, or wants. Uh, but basically, I like to just break everything down into a simplistic form. When you walk into a room of people on uh, who, who are living, is everyone happy? Is everyone content? Is everyone joyful? No. So when we leave our physical bodies, the consciousness pretty much stays the same, and we grow on the other side. As time goes on, we get closer to love or the light, which means we start to strip away all of the understanding that kept us back when we were in the physical body. Because the physical body serves as a barrier of fear, and it, it doesn't allow us to see the bigger picture all of the time, you know, uh, based on how we were raised, what our religion teaches us, what society teaches us. We're taught to pretty much use our cognitive skills of the left side of the brain. And when we do that at an early age, when we start school, we start to shut down the right side of the brain, which is the side of the brain where all the truth lies, uh, the divinity lies, creativity, love, all, all everything that's not fear is on the right side of the brain that connects to the divine, and we shut that down in a very early age when we start to learn on, you know, <laughs> our times table and all kinds of thinking. So we we just start to use the left side and. The right side doesn't get the right attention. And when I teach classes, I teach people how to start to use the right side of their brain, like I said, which connects to the heart chakra, which I talk about chakras in the book, which are energy centers. Everybody has them. Uh, And they're energy centers that spill out an aura, an auric field. So you've heard mediums and psychics say, oh, you have a nice aura. You've heard that, right?
1: Uh,
0: no, most people who look at me, they say, you know what, you're fat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, just say they go, you know what, your aura I could use a car wash, sir. Well,
2: you, you, yeah, we can see that. We can see great <laughs> aura. Um, sometimes when a person is ill, it will spill into their energy centers, and I can see a part of their body that needs healing or needs attention medically. Uh, so I am an, a medical intuitive that uh, I don't really speak too much about that on my TV show, Uh, But I absolutely uh, also have that gift. It all goes hand in hand.
0: we speaking of chakras, if you were to identify one particular chakra or two particular chakras that a person should work on to balance, that would, let's say, protect them and also increase their ability to perceive spirits and perceive uh, knowledge and information, what would those two chakras be and also how would you work on them and heal them and enhance them?
2: Wow, great question. Wonderful question, by, by the way. The first one I would work on is, um, there's two main ones that I would work on. One is the root chakra, which is um, connected at the base of your spine, near your tailbone. And the reason I say that one is because that one keeps you grounded to the, to the earth. And then the heart chakra, which is right in the middle of all the chakras, it connects the bottom chakras and the top ones. But from the heart up is where we make all our divine connections to the spirit world, to any other dimension that exists out there, to God, uh, to our heart, to let love in. Um, Even if it's a a love of of a spouse or a friend, a lot of people are closed off at their heart chakra, and uh, depression sets in when that happens, when there's no light getting in there. So I like to tell people to keep yourself connected to the earth. That's when you hear the, the phrase that certain person is so grounded. And then there's some people that are just not grounded, and they're spacey, and they're flighty. Uh, you, you really have to have, again, a nice balance. Uh, and once the heart chakra is opened, the byproduct of that is the higher chakras open up as you work on them automatically. And then you start to uh, develop more psychic abilities. So it's very interesting. But the, the root chakra really does keep you grounded and in this dimension, because, unfortunately, we have to be here. We're in the physical body. So whenever I do channeling or meditation, I always remember to ground myself from the root. Uh, and how do you ground yourself? It uh, Touch anything that has to do with the earth. Take a walk okay. outside, get some sunshine, garden, play in the dirt, hug a tree. You get the idea.
0: See, these are all concepts of people who are growing, who were born. They're called the millennial generations. People actually used to go outside and play instead of spending every day inside on the Xbox. So, it's true. So thank you for bringing up that concept because it's, I, believe it or not, it's actually foreign to most people. We spend so much time on our, our electronics. Um,
2: yeah, well, you know, in not my generation, we were out riding our bicycles. <laughs> we, we we were scraping our knees, you know, we we were out there. And uh, it is unfortunate, but I do want people to get back to basics. That's what this book is about. It's about the toolbox that we were given when we were born, and that's what I mean. You know, with the electronics and the critical thinking, we're not using the other side. We're not using our hearts. We're shutting our hearts down. We're becoming robots. It's scary. Look what's happening in the world. We have a bunch of robots walking around. When you walk into any type of bookstore or a library or a Starbucks, you see everybody with their heads down, don't you?
0: Yeah.
2: It, it, it's sad. It's sad. So I, I wrote a blog about I wrote a lot of blogs on my website um, just to help people put things in perspective. And the spirit world also inspires me to share messages with the world. A lot of this information does not even come from me. It comes through me.
0: Okay. And I actually wanted to talk go a little bit about Before we go into this next question, I just want to remind everyone that Miss Russo is author of the book, The Happy Medium. I had the pleasure of reading through the book, and I wanted to just explain to our listeners something real quick about that. There are a lot of books about you know, honing your psychic abilities, spirituality. I particularly enjoy this book because I felt that it was broken up in very distinctive chapters, and the chapters are brief, so you can get the lessons very quickly. So it, it, the book comes at your really fast, and I thought it was it was tight. So it was a well-written book, and I wanted to come to this part of your, ch- or your book. You're talking about channeling and receiving messages, and I'm wondering if all people are in some way, shape, or form channeling, but they don't even realize they're doing it. I'll explain the situation. Somebody walks up to someone else, and they say the nicest thing in the world, or they say the most Horrible thing in the world, and I'm wondering if they were acting as a channeler for whatever spirit was around them in that particular time, and if that is something that you notice on a consistent, regular basis. If people are actually, believe it or not, um, facilitating messages from the other side without even realizing that it's happening.
2: Yeah, that happens all the time. Yes, people can be medium mediums in the moment. That's what I like to call it. You're a medium for the moment, and uh, I get messages from spirits. I take the, the messages the most serious from those that come from people that are not psychic or they don't practice this, and they give a message that goes right to my heart and resonates, I know that's that's, that's coming from another place, but that they're using the, the most mundane person to get uh, me to, to listen. Truly, you can be the medium in the moment at any moment. So uh, we're always inspired by, by spirits around us or even our uh, divine you whatever you want to call it a higher power and basically we don't always know it so uh, i like to to say that people that wake up one day with a great idea to make an amazing invention they're inspired by another dimension and and that that idea was plopped into their consciousness from another dimension you know i i don't like to take credit for the great information that comes through me it's not me it's 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 being inspired means to be in spirit so if you break down those two words it's inspired and it's pretty cool when you think about it that way because we're inspired every every moment and and we get inspired even when we sleep uh waking up yeah did you ever wake up and say oh i finally remembered where i put those keys because in the dream state you're being you know you're, you're chatting with with a bunch of people, and they're reminding you of things. And how many pe- how many times do you wake up tired? I know I do. You say, wow, Ooh. I feel like I just ran a marathon. A lot of the times that means you really are traveling and chatting with uh, spirit guides, uh, people that want to teach you, your loved ones, you're meeting them on the astral plane. Uh, there's so much more that goes on when you sleep than, than people even realize.
0: There's one. I really enjoy this one part of your book, Mr. Russo, when you're talking about you know ghosts and you you really identify the three or four different types of ghosts you'd see, and you say that the ones that are kind of malicious or the ones that are really you know considered poltergeists are children. And if you are a ghost and you are doing things to help people or harm people, are you setting yourself up for karma for another lifetime, for your next lifetime, or is what are, are your actions as a ghost? Does that necessarily count? For your continued evolutions,
2: it, it certainly does count because it's still consciousness. Just okay. because you don't have a physical body, uh, it doesn't matter what form you take. It's still consciousness, and, and it's still the same soul. So yeah, of course it counts. Everything is being recorded in in the you know in the universe, and uh, they. But I will say this: depending on what really is going on, and on my TV show, the haunting of nine times out of ten by the end of the tv show we realized through my investigation that it's just a soul who who can't find their way back to the light now if they're doing things that are definitely harmful that's a whole nother story but sometimes people may take things as that someone's trying to harm them and truly they're not they're just trying to um get their attention because they don't know how to get out of this dimension so I always like to say, you know, gauge it by how you feel. So pe- a lot of people live with spirits and ghosts in their home, but they tell me, I kind of like this friendly ghost. I think it's a friendly ghost. I think I don't even want him to leave. And, and that makes me laugh because they know the difference between being fearful and feeling comfortable and peaceful. And if I, I tell them, listen, if you feel peaceful, you're not in any danger. It is a friendly ghost. But the poor guy, whoever the dude is, he has to go because then he's not, you know, going to his full potential. There's there's a reason why he's hanging around, and we have to, like, fix that and figure that out and help him. But that's the case. You really have to go by how you feel in the space Uh, because there there are some ghosts that are just not nice, and those are the malevolent malevolent ones, and and those are the bad seeds of the world when they were alive. Those are the people who didn't really have a conscience and no compassion. they never really was shown love. they never you know under, even understood the concept of love. And then at some point the person with compassion starts to feel for them because it's like a, it's like when you adopt a puppy and, 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 and they back away from you. you don't know what did people do to that puppy you know why are they so gunshot? It's the same kind of thing.
0: Have you ever had an experience on your show? when the negative entity that was in that house was so dark and so powerful that it was better to just to walk away from it rather than engage it, rather than risk permanently damaging yourself or putting your soul in a precarious position that would attract other darker entities because you had an engagement with that very dark uh, spirit of that house.
2: Yes, that did happen uh, at the Penhurst Insane Asylum. That absolutely okay. did happen. Uh, I did take something home with me. And it was pretty much hanging around with me for quite a while until I went back. Uh, I did not want to go back, but uh, the opportunity arose. I knew I needed to do this. And I brought two of my very good students with me to help me do this. Uh, I I needed backup, so to speak. And the man who was the, the trapped spirit was very, very evil indeed. Uh, but at the end, you know, I understood his plight, and we we did send him on off. And I have to say, I I don't feel him with me. I don't feel anything with me since then. But if you ask me if I'll go back there, I don't think so. It, it's okay. it's pretty low level energy. And I and I warn people about places like that in my book. You know, they go. People think it's it's so much fun to go there for Halloween and let's just get like uh, scared and no 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 because they don't understand the long-term effects something like this can have and they think it's not real and they're sadly mistaken that's also part of my message i want to educate people that energy on in this dimension or the next you have to know what you're dealing with right when you go Hmm. somewhere in a public place i think it's human nature for you to look around and, and assess the energy You know, you look around and see if you see any shady-looking characters. What do you do? Do you walk, like, right into that space, or do you go the other way? So uh, it's important to do the same. The dead is and are walking among us, and they're not all in the light, unfortunately.
0: When you're visiting places that have a darker residence or have darker spirits, Could there be some places that you can think of where people would normally think of them as sanctuary or as peaceful, but they actually could be haunted? Do you recommend that there's some cathedrals or some churches or some other religious uh, institutions that people would go to looking for peace, but they could actually be not realizing pulling themselves down because there's a lot of other residual energy and residual spirits that are there?
2: Well, I don't like to discourage anybody from going anyplace because uh, it's just, you know, we can't stick ourselves in a bubble. And we have to deal with what's all around us, and that's what the book is. It gives you the tools to sort of get like a, a, a thicker skin, a thicker psychic skin has that, uh, so that no matter where you go. I'll give you an example. Hospitals. Hospitals are a hotbed of activity if you think about what's really going on in a hospital, you have people dying every day, every minute. You have spirits coming to, to usher them onto the other side. Or you have them trapped because they don't want to leave. You have their loved one by their bedside screaming not to go. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Uh, you have a morgue that's in the probably in the basement of the hospital. Think about what's roaming around this place. You have a lot of... Uh, sick people, which means their vibration is very low when you're sick. So, you, you know, it's like when you have a low immune system and, and you catch an illness. It's the same thing. Your vibration is low, so you can attract some type of entity. Uh, so you really have to uh, tread lightly in a hospital, believe it or not. Uh, and, yes, you have a lot of good people in hospitals helping others trying to have them live and survive. That's wonderful. The children's units, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about there's a lot of activity, a lot of coming and going of spirit, you know, and I see a lot of that when I go uh, either to hospice or hospitals. I've seen spirits rise out of uh, the soul, rising out of the body. Now, like I said, most of the time, Souls go to the light, and that's wonderful and peaceful. But there are those exceptions where sometimes the family can hold them back and say, you know, they just don't want them to leave. You know, they're they're hanging on respirators and they're having these machines breathe for them. That soul desperately wants to leave, and we we keep them here for our own selfish reasons. So I encourage everybody to just give your loved one a a send-off that's loving and just always pray that they, they go where the soul is the most peaceful um, and that they shouldn't stay there for you. A lot of loved ones hang around for the living. So if you could just picture what I said, um, to me that, that's more, I wanted to point that out because I don't think people realize what goes on in hospitals. They could only see what I see when I walk into a hospital
0: it I can't imagine the visualizations of what you're feeling. And actually, I'm looking for the antithesis of that question, which is that are there places that you recommend people go to, to um, feel really good that have very high vibrations where they might be able to go and instead of picking up a ghost, they could pick up a, an angel or they could pick up some celestial spirits and hang out with them and yeah. take them home.
2: Yeah, I wrote about that in the book. There's uh, places with vortexes, which are high-level vibrational... Um, energy centers that exist all around the world and i mentioned some of them in the book uh one of them right off the top of my head that is so amazing is in uh, sedona arizona and you can actually go to these vortexes and be fed the energy uh i did an episode with Carney wilson in um california Oh, jeez, it, it, the, the name of the place escapes me. I'm, I'm so bad with that stuff. <laughs> but, oh, for God's sake, I would go back there in a heartbeat. I felt like I was in heaven. Uh, because, But, you, you know, you have to ground yourself when you leave a place like that because the energy can be overwhelming. But, yes, you can go there. You can. Um, I channeled in Sedona, Arizona, for the first time in my life and the last time in my life, the Blessed Mother Mary came through me. And she gave me messages of peace for the earth. And it was the most beautiful channeled message. My friend wrote, wrote it down. And, I, cr- you know, tears were streaming down my cheek because I felt how sad she was for our planet. Uh, and I've never channeled like that before. But that, that does answer your question. You know, uh, Stonehenge uh, has vortexes. So, you know, there could be vortexes that are not even documented, but a, a psychic medium will feel the energy and they'll know. Sometimes it can make you feel a little um, dizzy when you're in a vortex mm-hmm. uh, until you get used to the vibration and the energy. But it's pretty cool. I recommend everybody seeing oh, going there at least once.
0: I can not imagine we'd love to post something on, on our site to let people know exactly you know where some of the vortexes are. You you seem to have a very distinctive personality. Um, you know you seem very very compassionate for people and uh, you're very engaging. How much of a role does your personality play in relaying messages? When a spirit is relaying a message to you, how much of the how is your personality either enhance or change the message in any, in any degree based on what you're channeling?
2: Okay, so I do not change the message because I am the mailman. I deliver the mail. I do not read it. So I have to deliver it as it's given. But I will say this, however. When I am interpreting a spirit message for a loved one, um, which I call the sitter, there are ways to deliver information, and and I teach this to my students. Uh, There are ways to say the truth. But put it in a way that the spirit really means it. Um, You know, so you have to really be in touch with the right vibration and understand the message before you can fully deliver it. That's why I don't recommend people being mediums if they don't really know what the message means. Because you could take one of the same messages and twist it five different ways. You know that. Um, but I think at this point, well, I don't think I do know I am fluent in the language of spirit. Uh, it's like a shorthand for me. I understand what they're saying. And so basically, uh, I do think my personality filters in when I deliver the information. I like to at least break everything down for the person. Okay. So not only do I give the message, I interview the spirit coming through. And I know that if I were the person receiving that message, I would want to know why. So, for example, somebody wants to know why they didn't meet their soulmate yet. And their dead mother is telling me, I I have my daughter's soulmate, but I can't bring him to her yet. So I deliver that message. Your mother says she has your soulmate, but she can't give him to you yet. So you could deliver it that way. But I would never leave it there. That's where my personality comes in. The journalist in me. I'm a psychic detective. I want to know it all. So I'll say, okay, I interview the spirit. Why can't you send the soulmate for your daughter yet? And then I get a whole other piece of the puzzle. My daughter is not ready to embrace love because she has to work on herself. So what I like to do is get to the root of the problem as to why mm-hmm. things are not happening. Or as to why people keep attracting the same thing into their life. So instead of just delivering the message, I like to give the solution as well from the spirit world so that we could change it and fix it.
0: Okay. And if you are reading someone, and if somebody, say for example, if you were to say you have two types of people, one person is perpetually in the present moment, they're always here in the now. And then you've got another person who's either in their past or always thinking about the future. Does that make a substantial difference in what you were able to pick up about the person? Because I'm curious if the person's always in the present moment, does it make it more actually more challenging for you to tell what's going to happen in the future because they're completely in the present? Do you find it easier to tell what's going to happen to a person if that person is perpetually in the past or thinking about the future?
2: I think I understand your question. Um, hmm. Okay.
0: It's a mindset. It's it's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's not
2: necessarily that I am predicting something based on if they're living in the present, the future, or or the now. Um, I am predicting it based on their mindset. Does the person live with fear, or does the person live with love? Is the person grounded and connected and has faith, or does the person hold on tight and is afraid of change? So it really is a mindset. Uh, So when I read any given person, their loved ones tell me, if they make decisions based on their mindset in the current space, then this is going to be the outcome. But if, if they work on themselves and they change that perception, the outcome will be different. So that's what I meant when I said i like to give tools and solutions. Uh, If someone was hurt in a a, a past relationship, although they're very much living in the now, they may be carrying the pain and the trauma from that past relationship. And that is how they're going to make free will choices going forward based on that trauma that they still have, the wound, that they didn't heal. So I hope that answers your question.
0: It does answer the question. And next question is, Have you ever yourself been read by another psychic medium? Are there psychic mediums that you connect with that reveal a piece of you or reveal a piece of perception that you can't fully grasp yourself at this present moment? I mean, do you find that talking with other people who are also gifted help you to um, find the bigger piece of the puzzle, which is your life, which is also some of the other projects you're currently working on?
2: Oh, well, I have a lot of friends that are psychic mediums, and we bounce things off each other all the time. Um... I'm not really ashamed to say that I'm very stubborn, and I'm not proud (laughs) of it. Uh, I I cannot stay objective when it comes to myself. But there are things that my spirit guides show me. They give me little tidbits and uh, cryptic messages. And then when my friends validate my spirit guides' messages, then I know it's going to come to fruition. But sometimes they tell me things that are so out there that I can't even see happening. (laughs) <laughs> but has in fact come to pass uh because what happens is it, they can tell you the outcome but because they don't tell you all the steps how you're going to get to that outcome that's why you can't see it in the moment
0: got it i would imagine that it would be quite unusual to see a bunch of psychic mediums playing poker i think that i would love to actually be <laughs> in a room and watch that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's it's we
2: sometimes we don't even need words when we're hanging out it's it's the funniest thing to watch because we're all we, we just really are all in tune to each other we're, you know we're used to each other's vibrations so we we get along so well um, actually there's two very good friends and I we're doing this big spiritual workshop day uh, on June 4th and we're, we're merging our energies and we're joining forces and we're really going to give a super fantastic uh, metaphysical day to all that come out on long Island and uh, we'll all be doing readings and workshops o- as well so uh, speaking of my friends yeah we we you have to have that spiro- spiritual camaraderie it's it, it's not fun living this life where people don't understand you you have to ha- you have to have those people to bounce things off of because we're human too you know
0: what are three things that you hope people will get out of your book what are the three biggest lessons that you hope people will take away from reading your book?
2: Well, I want to answer a lot of people's questions as to um, what they – I've sort of been mysterious to people on The Haunting of, because the show does not really talk about me or my background. So people really do want to know a lot about my journey, how it happened, how I embraced it. So that is the memoir part of my book, uh, my story, how I overcame so many fears to get to where I am today. Uh, so I want to do that. I want to inspire people to utilize and find their own gifts. I don't care what they are. They don't have to be mediums or psychics. But if they connect to their heart and they, let, they, they start to become into the flow of the universal mind that we're all connected to, life does not have to be so hard. It really does not. And I want to teach people how to take their power back because this world is just... The more and more we see the darkness, we're losing our power by the minute with the governments and uh, just with all kinds of uh, racial tension and everything that's going on. There's too much darkness and hate coming coming into the world now. So if if everybody learns how to raise their vibration and receives love and gives love, we could totally change the consciousness of this planet. And that's my message going forward. And 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 I know that's part of. It. A big, bigger mission, and I know I'm not the only light worker out there. There's a spiritual army at work here now. God is rallying up the troops, and I know that this book, however it touches anybody's heart, that's what it's meant to do. So I'm very, very grateful that I have this opportunity <laughs> to do that.
0: Well spoken, for Miss Kim Russo. Want to thank you for your time. That was a, really enjoyed speaking with you. The book is called The Happy Medium. You can learn more about Miss Russo, get her book, by going to her website at kimthehappymedium.com. And, uh, Ms. Russo, it was a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Well, you asked
2: some amazing questions. Thank you so much. It
1: was a pleasure. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our great guest, Ms. Kim Russo. Special thanks, as always, to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show Virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor. Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Caza, and Miss Constance Stelis. to learn more about the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show. Please go to our website at com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.